Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Squad Podcast. On today's show, I'm joined by my co-host Chris Turner. We discuss Michael Beale's sacking as Rangers manager, where did it all go wrong for the Englishman, and who should be the man to replace him. All this and so much more. Enjoy the show. So, Chris, my man, how are we? Yeah, I'm not bad, Scott. Yourself? I'm very well, mate, and we've got a lot to speak about. Michael Beale is no longer the Rangers manager. Yeah, Scott, absolutely. Um, I think we need to dive right into the deep end. I think I'll be taking hosting duties here and getting your take on it all. So the embarrassing 3-1 defeat at Ibrox on Saturday was the final nail in the coffin for Michael Beale. You were there, Scott. Um, you didn't last the full game, so tell us more. Yeah, it was it was pathetic. It was terrible. Um, you can see a result like that coming miles away. Um, I've not seen Ibrox that toxic in years, I've been a season ticket holder for 13 years, right? And once the second goal went in for Aberdeen, oh, the, oh you, should have, you should have seen it, Chris. It was something else. Um, that, at, that, at that moment, I was like, right, I don't like leaving games early. And I really don't like doing it. But at that moment, I was like, right, if they score another, I'm off, right? But then Scott Wright got himself sent off. I went, right, I've, I've had enough here. I've had enough. I've seen enough. My mind's made up. We're not getting back into this game. It was absolutely tragic. Um, it like you know you can always see right that the, I I don't re- usually like saying something like this, but it was almost like the players like just totally chucked it under Michael Beale, totally and utterly chucked it. Um, this is an Aberdeen side right who have had a poor start to the season. Um, their, their only league win before uh, Ibrox was against Ross County, a poor Ross County side as well, and um, they've had a terrible start. Right, they come up to Ibrox. And they wiped the floor with, wiped the floor with Rangers, um, and yeah, he had to go after that, Chris. Um, he had to go. In my opinion, he should have went after the the old firm game. He should have went then, but for some reason, the board gave him gave him a bit more time. And obviously, going into the Aberdeen game, we won four games in the bounce right, uh, and we had the four clean sheets as well. But the performances were not great. Obviously, the Real Betis result, it, it was a good result. Rangers were solid, but if anything, looking back on it, Betis were just terrible on the night. They were just absolutely terrible. Um, and even after that game, I was obviously, you know, I was given credit where it's due, good result. But I, I said in my TikTok video that, no, I still don't believe Michael Beale's the right man. Uh, I always I, I always stood by that um, after the old firm game. And I said, you know what, like, I would love it. If he would prove me wrong, I would love nothing more than for him to do that. But obviously, I was right in the end that that wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah, and after Aberdeen, Chris, he, after the after the Aberdeen game, Chris, his position was totally untenable at that point. Like, um, there wasn't one Rangers fan online or one Rangers fan I was speaking to at the game or at the pub that thought that he should still stay on after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I can only imagine, I know you were tweeting on Saturday night that he should have walked that night. I think he was pretty defeated at his post-game presser that um, he knew himself that he was out the job. He says that he was asked about his future. Um, He knew, he says there and then it's up to the board. So he knew he was a gone man at that point. But what was your relief on Sunday night when um, the news um, came through that he was gone? I wasn't surprised at all, Chris. I expected it. Um... Um, I, I put a tweet out saying if he was still on a job on Monday, I would be utter, I would I would have been utterly gobsmacked. Um, I, it was just relief, and it had to happen. Um, as I said, the, the trigger should have been pulled after the old firm game because I can I just mention that as well. Like that old firm game, right? 
he would like Rangers will never get a better opportunity to beat Celtic than they, they would have that day because that was a Celtic squad that was totally depleted with injuries, right? Had a shaky start to the season as well. Wasn't playing good football. There was a bit of pressure under Brendan Rodgers, right? And it was at Ibrox, right? 50,000 fans. There are no Celtic fans there at all. And Beal had to prove a point after going out the Champions League in embarrassing fashion to PSV Eindhoven, losing 5-1. So, yeah, like, but, I, but going back to obviously finding out that he got the sack, um, yeah, um, I was I was happy. And obviously, you never like to see someone lose their job, but this is the way the world works. This is the way football works. And Michael Beal had no excuses whatsoever. He was fully backed. The, the, the most backed Rangers manager, I believe, since Dick Advocate. Um, this was his own squad, his own players. There was no director of football there. Um, obviously, Van Bronckhorst and Gerrard had to deal with director of football, like had to deal with director of footballs. But with uh, Juva, uh, with sorry, with Michael Beale, he never. Uh, he was just all his uh, own decisions. Um, and yeah, so he's got no excuses whatsoever. And it's it's actually really alarming, Chris. Right, that the football this season. And the, the the way we're playing and the team overall looks so much worse compared to last season, right? And we were terrible last season, right? But this time round, we just look ten times worse, and we spent all this money as well. Yeah, I think um, this pod's going to be a bit of a post mortem on Michael Beale's time at Rangers. So um, you mentioned um, things weren't going well last season. Indeed, he did replace um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, who was sacked um, right at the start of the World Cup break, um, six months after making a Europa League final. Um, so when when Bill came in, he replaced Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and things seemed to be going a bit well for him to begin with, um, to start with on, on the trot. Um, so he got four four wins on the trot, um, and then um, it was the 2-2 Old Firm game. Um, things must have looked a bit promising and looked to have been going well then especially the Rangers performance on the day that they really should have took Celtic at Ibrox. Yeah, because he, like when Michael Beale first came in, he started he hit the ground running. He did credit which he did. And Rangers were playing some nice stuff, lovely stuff actually. Like that's the thing last season in a poor Rangers team, there were some games where we played brilliant football and I'm like, this is I'm, I'm enjoying this. And it gave me so much optimism going into this season. So I'm like, okay, mate, if Michael Beale can do that with a, a team that's not even his, I can't wait to see what he can do with a team that'll be his own, you know. But yeah, even at the Celtic game at, um, at New Year, but it finished two each, I was very encouraged by the performance. Um, it was it was just, I think the factor on the day was that, that how Rangers didn't win the game was due to, due to the fact of the the depth between the, squ- the, the two squads where Celtic had that strength and depth on the bench and obviously they made the right substitutions to go on and get uh, a point. Whereas obviously Rangers like last season didn't have that and right now we still don't you know so I was optimistic and then the, this is where the, the red flags started to come in for me when it came to Michael Beale right it yeah, was part, like part, to that. Yeah, yeah the party Thistle game right where he gifted Thistle a goal and for me he should never have done that Um, you need, in my opinion I know a lot of people might disagree but in my opinion you need to win at all costs you can't be nicey nicey would Michael Beale do that to Celtic no no absolutely not Um. And I just didn't like that at all. I just thought it showed weak mentality. For example, do you think Jose Mourinho would do something like that? Do you think Antonio Conte would do something like that? Absolutely not. No, because they're serial winners. They're serial winners. Michael Beale, in my opinion, I was livid after that. And I was like, what is that all about? So that was the first red flag. 
Then it came to the, the League Cup final where he, he got his team selection horribly wrong, right? Started Lundstrom and Kamara in the midfield. Kamara, a player who it was clear as day he had totally checked out and he didn't, he looked like he didn't want to be there at all. And then I remember in the second half, Morelos got, uh, pulled a goal back, made it 2-1. Morelos was a, the only player on the pitch that actually looked like he was going to like get us back into the game properly. Then after Morelos gets that goal, about 10 minutes later, uh, 10, 10 minutes later, Michael Beale takes him off for Antonio Cholak. Antonio Cholak, a player who never fitted into Michael Beale's system at all. So I found that baffling. Um, so and then obviously after not long after that, we played Celtic at Parkhead, the three two game. And that's what pretty much killed off uh, any chance of Rangers winning the league. And yeah, of course, decisions didn't go Rangers' way that day. Uh, Morelos goal getting it wrongly chopped off. But yeah, it was just poor individual mistakes on the day. So we're like, okay, right, we've got the Scottish, Scottish Cup semi-final, right? We, need, we want to at least end the season on somewhat of a high. Yeah, another big game, Michael Beale loses. Yeah, another one. And um, obviously we lost the Aberdeen game um, 2-0, right? But that was like, whatever, like... Because the league was done and dusted at that point. It was just all about that semi-final. So Rangers lose the semi-final. And at that moment, it was like, okay, Nate, look forward to next season. It's going to be a massive rebuild. And then Michael Beale said after the game, it's going to be the biggest rebuild Ibrox has seen in years. Um, then we played Celtic towards the end of the season. And yeah, it was a nice day. Good result, beating Celtic 3-0. Um, but let's be honest, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a meaningless game for Celtic, really. like Of course, Celtic want to win out every old firm game, but... There was no pressure on Celtic. Celtic were going on to do a treble. Um, so it, basically, I hate saying this, but it was a dead rubber. It was a dead rubber old fun game that Michael Beale won. So, yeah, going into this season, yeah. I was I was very optimistic. I was very optimistic, Chris. And then obviously, those hopes died <laughs> very quickly into the season. Yeah, so where, where did it all go wrong? You touched on um, obviously Michael Beale saying it was going to be the biggest um window for in years for Rangers. So there was um I looked this up. There was um fourteen departures. There was um nine signings. I think it worked out. Was it about thirteen million pounds spent? So um with such a rebuild, where did it all go wrong? Um, with so much going into the squad, because thirteen million pound for um a club like Celtic or Rangers is still a heap load of money. Yeah, well, I'll put it down to two things. Um, I'm not going to put it down to the board because because the board went out of their way to back this guy. So I'm not going to criticise them here, right? But I would put it down to the fact that just purely recruitment on Michael Beale's half, purely on recruitment. Um, the fact that we spent six million quid on Dessers, right? And obviously I've, I've done a lot of research on him like before he signed and he's done well elsewhere, done well at Feyenoord, um, was top goal scorer in the Conference League a couple of seasons ago. Um, so elsewhere he's done, he's done well. But see, I can only judge him from what I've seen of him at Ibrox, and he's been dreadful, horrific. You would never think this guy was <laughs> worth six million quid, right? He has been hopeless so far. Um, and obviously when you look at some of the departures as well, some of them didn't make a whole lot of sense. Where you look at the likes of, for example, um, we we got, obviously we got rid of this is just one off the top of my head Scott Arfield right. See, we got rid of Scott Arfield. That, see, on Saturday Scott Arfield would have been perfect to bring on uh, against uh, Aberdeen right. And obviously we seen what Scott Arfield done last season, scoring two goals and stoppage time, get three points for Todry. And obviously as well, like I like, I did agree at the time that, that obviously Ryan Kent and Morelos had to go 
right? But it's like so obviously some of the departures as well, like Fashion Sakala, right? I know, I, I know. Last season, I was vocal about. Yeah, I think he probably needs to go. I think probably his time, his time's probably up, right? But when I look now, at fashion, like see now, we could be crying out for someone like Fashion Sakala. We actually could, um, and also as well, like it just Yanis Hadji, the way he handled that whole situation, right? At the time, I was on Michael Beale's side. This is just like there's so many things that went wrong, Chris, right? But these are just some of the things I'm po- pointing out here. So Yanis Hadji. Um, obviously, Yanis Adji came out and he said, he, I, I actually didn't say anything disrespectful to Michael Beale. He just said, I, I, I disagree uh, with his decision, but I respect it. I want to get some more game time. I want to be playing, uh, etc. And then, obviously, Michael Beale didn't like that, put him out on loan. So, I think Yanis Adji, obviously, he's came back from that injury, so I think he had a, a point to prove. But it's just another one like that where Michael Beale just got rid of him as well. And just... Like obviously going back to the recruitment as well, right? All the players that Rangers have brought in, Rangers brought in, uh, brought in Danilo, right? I'll go for them all individually, right? Danilo, he's, I think he will come good, right? He's been quite inconsistent, and he's also trying to adapt to the, he, like the, he tried to adapt to Bill's system, and I'll come on to Bill's system in a minute, my God, um, but I believe Dan- Danilo will come good. Sam Lammers, he showed flashes of quality, he, he has. I do also believe a player is in there, but he's not really shown it as well. Sterling, he's not really been given a chance. Um, Kieran Dow, he's been quite injury prone. Um, Leon Balligan, um, we, we, we signed him as a squad player, right? And it's baffling that was only play, like defender that we signed, only centre-half that we signed, when that's a position that we really should have went all out in the summer to really try and improve on. Um, Seema, he's been inconsistent, but I believe he will come good. I do. I honestly do believe that. I do believe uh, Seema will come good. And he's, he's scored four goals in the last four games. But so that's the thing, right? See these players, I don't think they are bad players. But the system Rangers were playing in under Michael Beale, didn't, it did not benefit them at all. Because like, see, see playing with no wingers in the modern game, that is a, that's a very risky game to play. Because you can either look like an absolute genius or you can look like... A complete um <laughs> dafty, shall I say? Um or like honestly, because I, I just don't understand it. Like what, the system that we were trying to play, we we're playing with no wingers. It was like basically a 4 3 3 slash 4 2 3 1, very narrow, and it was just so unattractive to watch. It was brutal, it was just terrible. Um so obviously put it down to recruitment, first and foremost, right? Rangers should add a director of football in there to tell me it could be no, yes, no, yes, no, um, when it comes to the players. But that's it. That's what I just don't understand. How, like Michael Beale, he talks a great game, and I think he is a good coach. But when it comes, like the only good, like when it comes to actually the players that have actually that, that he's brought in who have been a success so far, have been Cantwell and Raskin. That's it. And Jack Butlin as well. Sorry, forgot about Jack Butlin. Jack Butlin's been good. But let's be honest, it does. It does not take a genius to make a signing like Jack Butlin. Anybody, anybody knows any. Like has the smallest inkling inkling about football knows that Jack Bilton's a good goalkeeper. So, but the rest of the the signings though have not delivered at all so far. Um, and time will tell if they will come good. Fingers crossed that they do. But under Michael Beale, they have been they've they've, were, they've been absolutely terrible. Apart with the exception of Jack Butlin. Yeah, I agree. Um, Butlin, um, what's the real deal? Um, 
did all he could. I know that one of the goals was a rebound, but let's be honest, he's um, made the saves when he's had to make them. But a lot of the goals have been, he's not had much he could have done about them. But um, back to the season. So at the start of this season, it was a rocky start, to say the least for Rangers. Um, losing 1-0 at Rugby Park on the opening day to Kilmarnock. Um, but then it was like a bit of a pendulum back and forwards between the pressure was on Rangers, then it was on Celtic, then it was back on Rangers. Um, so definitely early pressure on Beal, but then um, Celtic also lost at Rugby Park in the League Cup, um, ending our stronghold on that trophy um, and no the treble um, and ruining Brendan Rodgers. Um, perfect trophy record in Scotland, which was something he was always risking and coming back to Celtic. Mm-hmm. And then we Celtic had that um, pitiful performance just so flat on the day against St Johnston where you could really feel the fans um, telling Brendan how they felt about the team. Um, so it was like that was the weekend before the Old Firm. So it was like the pressure was definitely on Celtic at that point. But then um, St Johnston game, not sorry, was I'm talking about St Johnson. Um Rangers crash out the Champions League days before the old firm against um, PSV. So what did you make of all that start the start to the season building up to the old firm? Well, it, like that's the thing, right? With the greatest respect, Chris, right? I don't think Celtic are a good side far from it. Um like Celtic, in my opinion, have gone backwards under Rogers. But Rangers currently are much worse. Much worse. Um but in terms of the start to the season, it was as I said, I was very optimistic. Then the commander game happened. I was like, "Oh God!" Like, and then the Champions League, we were like, "Look at the see last season, right?" Giovanni van Bronckhorst managed to defeat PSV and get to the Champions League, right? And apparently, that was um, a worse squad, right? Um, and but that, now this time round, we are we come up against PSV, draw, we drew to each um, eyebrow, then we go away to the Netherlands and play them there and we just get battered, absolutely embarrassed. Um and yeah, he obviously obviously like if Rangers did get to the Champions League, I think it would be it wouldn't be pretty viewing. But the thing is, so the main thing is if Rangers got the Champions League, that's another twenty million pounds in the bank. So yeah, and also you want you you want to be in the Champions League, and obviously we all know that the the, the we all know though from most struggle in the Champions League that it goes out saying right the, the the financial gulf is just too big. But in terms of obviously the start to the season, there, there's not been one range performance. There's not been one performance where Rangers have looked somewhat convincing and looked really impressive. Not one. The football's been hundred. It's been terrible to watch. It's not been. It's just not been fun. It's just been like when we beat when Rangers beat Livingston four uh, 0 in the league cup and in the league. It was like yeah, there were some un- good individual moments, but you you're expected to, to beat these kind of teams. And then I remember right after the the old firm game, right, oh, we went into the, the international break, played St Johnston at McDermott Park. I was wanting the Rangers players to go out there with a point to prove and be like, okay, right. We need to make, make a statement here. We need to beat St. Johnson 5 6 0. Like, we need to go out here and really show what we're about. We, Rangers go out there and win 2 0, but it was just like a very professional performance against arguably the worst team in the league. It was like, it was expected, you know. So, there wasn't one convincing performance this season. Um, and I, like I said it right after the Old Firm game, like, Rangers not sacking Beal right after that game was only delaying the inevitable because we all. We've all seen that movie. We've all seen the movie before. We all know what's going to happen. 
And I like that Aberdeen result. I, I, you could see a result like that coming a mile away. You knew it was going to happen. Like like Michael Beale win four games in a bounce, and then you'll get an absolute stinker of a result. Then that's when the trigger will get pulled on Michael Beale. So yeah, it's I'm really not surprised, and it's unacceptable. Like three, like so Rangers seven games in, seven points behind Celtic, and have lost three games in the uh, three games in the league as well. And it's like that's the thing. Michael Beale, if he stayed, I think he probably would have went on to win the, the League Cup just, but like that's like, that's not what it's all about, you know? So yeah, it's like the, the only but like that's the thing, the only positives I can really take from Michael Beale's reign is the signings of Nico Raskin and Todd Cantwell and Jack Butler. That's it. That's it. hopefully I can see the other players down the line, but that's the only positive that positives I can take from his reign. And I'll I'll mention this as well, right? I thought this was really poor from Beale. See, last season, when Van Bronckhorst was under a lot of pressure, I don't know if you remember this, Van Bronckhorst was under a lot of pressure, and Michael Beale turned up to Ibrox. I, th- I think it might have been when we were playing Livingston. I think it might have been when we were playing Livingston. And Beale turned up, and he was taking photos with fans. He was in the dugout. No, he wasn't dugout, sorry. He was in the, the director's box, talking to the players, taking photos of the players. thought that was really poor form, because he knew him turning up, right, Rangers get a poor result. Michael Beale's there, showing face. Rangers fans in the media will get talking. Fans are like, oh man, get Beale up. I get him up. Like, oh, we need to get him up. Get him to replace Geo, blah, 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 all this stuff, right? So I thought that was really poor. And when he was at QPR, when he said, I'm here for the long haul, I'm not going anywhere. As soon as we come in for him, right, bye. <laughs> like, I think, that's, I think that might say a lot about his character and his principles uh, as a person. You know, and see one thing that annoyed me for a long time, and it, it's it's just it, I've, it's turned out to be utter garbage, and I knew it was garbage all, all along. People saying this, Michael B was the brains behind fifty five. He was the brains behind Steven Gerrard. Utter nonsense. No, he wasn't. It was Steven Gerrard that won Rangers fifty five, not Michael Beal. Michael Beal, yes, he played a part, and I think Michael B was a very good coach, but. He just he was part of the backroom team. He wasn't the brains behind it. It was Steve. It was Stephen Gerrard who done it. So that whole narrative annoyed me for a long time. But when we did appoint Michael Beale, I was willing to give it a go because I was like, okay, he's, he done. He he started off well at QPR, and he obviously was he done well with us as a coach. So I was like, you know what? Well, I don't mind it. I will give him a go. But it's just turned out to be a disaster, Chris. It's been a total and utter disaster. Um. And yeah, I'm just I'm just delighted that that he's been sacked. And yeah, I just he's like like that's the thing where Michael Beale, I, I don't think he's cut out to be a manager. To be honest, I really don't like. Yeah, he had a good start at QPR, but how well would that have lasted? Like, I don't think that would have lasted very long. Um, but yeah, I just don't think Michael Beale is cut out for management. I think he's a good coach, but I think he's just I think he should just stick to coaching. To be honest. Yeah, I think I've said plenty there about that um, in the Beal era. Um, so looking forward, um, Scott, um, there's a manager's seat empty at Ibrox. Um, I understand you have a few names in mind, so um, hit us with it. Right, so I've got my top three, right? Because obviously it's been on Twitter non-stop. People have been 
like debating about it non-stop. Like, it's been like all sorts of people getting linked with it, right? And obviously I've got some interesting takes. Well, I've got one really interesting take. But I'll my it's my top three, right? Um Felipe Clement. Um Felipe Clement, um, he just recently got sacked from Monaco. Um he's quite an experienced manager. He's won the Belgium League. Um, he's won the Belgium League uh, three years in a row. He won it with uh, Genk, and then he, he won it two years in a row with uh, Club Bruges, and he won the Belgian Super Cup with them as well. Um, and he got Belgian uh, Best Coach of the Year in 2019 and 2020. Experienced manager, uh, partner plays a good brand of football. Um, he's good at developing young players as well. Got a strong mind on him. Um, he, and, and also as well, I was looking up that he stripped his club captain, uh, he, he stripped his um his captain of the armband um so he did and he was like a very high profile figure I think it was at Club Bruges so it was or Monaco I'm not too sure but it was either one of those two clubs um and obviously he he seems like a guy who just no nonsense approach um and he'll be one that I would be interested in um and the second one would be um Kevin Mus in Muscat I think Kevin Muscat. Is he obviously an ex Rangers player? Um, he's got he's got the what was that? I read an article saying that um he was voted the, the, the most dirtiest footballer of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously he's managing um the team that Ange Postecoglou used to manage. Um, and he's obviously doing well. They're just now he won the, the league there um last season, and he won the he won the Super Cup there uh, this year. Um, and obviously as well, we've done well in Australia with Melbourne. He won the league title twice there. And he's another one as well, quite similar to Clement. No-nonsense approach, very strong-minded. And obviously, Clement plays a very good brand of football, which I was looking up last night. I think that it's quite similar. I think it's quite similar to... I wouldn't say it's totally similar, but it's it's got similar traits to Postecoglou's style of play. And obviously, we all know how good the brand of football uh, Postecoglou uh, plays and he's smashing at Tottenham right now and obviously Postecoglou spoke very highly of Kevin Muscat um, and I think Pep, uh, Pep Guardiola did as well so he'll be one I would be interested in and I, I don't necessarily think it might be don't think it's necessarily copying Celtic's model but I think it's one where Celt like Rangers need to if Rangers aren't going to go for my guy, who I'm about to say in a minute, if Rangers aren't, Rangers aren't going to go for him, I think they need to think outside the box and not go for like Michael Beale. Like if I'm being honest, we appointed him purely because he had a good relationship with Ross Wilson. That was it, um, and he had a good relationship with the board. That was purely it, you know. So Kevin Muscat, I would be fine with that. But the, my, the, my number one guy, and it's looking very likely. Um, according to rumours tonight on Twitter that he's followed pretty much our whole squad on Instagram and it's divided opinion and I'm standing by it and I don't care what anyone says Frank Lampard that's who I want I want Frank Lampard um, I, rate Fra I rate Frank Lampard a lot um, I think the criticism he gets as a manager is very unwarranted I think Lampard done a great job at Chelsea uh, in his first season sorry uh, in his first season Chelsea done a great job um, he, had a, he was under a transfer embargo and he got them in the top four, and they, and they reached that FA Cup final, and he developed players like uh, Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, um, at Derby County as well, uh, he got Derby into the playoff final, and they, they, they narrowly lost to Aston Villa, a very good Aston Villa side, may I add, that had uh, Jack Grealish in the side, so he was unlucky there, 
And obviously, he only left Derby County to go to Chelsea because Chelsea came in for him. But then, obviously, the second season uh, at Chelsea, he did get the sack. But see, the, the squad that he built, the squad that he built went on to win the Champions League. And the, the team that played in the Champions League final, it was like seven, like, like there were seven. There were seven players that he either signed or developed that went on to win that Champions League. So it's clear as day, Frank Lampard knows how to develop players and sign players, right? Everton, um, Everton obviously kept him up, kept him up narrowly, right? But he inherited a mess uh, from Rafa Benitez, an utter mess. If Rafa Benitez would have stayed, he would have he would have took him down, right? A hundred and ten percent, he would have took uh, Everton down to the Championship, and. Obviously, the second season, Lampard got the sack. But let's be honest, Everton, Everton are a complete basket case. They're a total mess. Look at the only manager in recent memory that's had somewhat that's done somewhat well there. It's Carlo Ancelotti. The rest <laughs> have not. It's been it's like the club is just a total basket case, like to be in. So Lampard was, was unlucky there, but he still kept him up. Then obviously he went back to Chelsea towards the end of last season. But I, like I don't, I think it's very unfair judging him on that because. Look at Pochettino. He's struggling there just now. Look at Graham Potter. Last season, he he was struggling like terribly there as well. So Chelsea are like, are like another club. They are right now they're going through a transition phase, but they're not the finished article. They're still in quite a mess as well. And all, look at all the players they've signed on eight, nine-year contracts. It's ridiculous. And Frank Lampard is a leader. He's a serial winner. He's a high-profile name. Every room that he walks into, similar to Gerard, gets instant respect. Players will want to play for him. Um, he takes no nonsense. He's he understands what it's like to be at a big club. He's a Rangers fan as well. <laughs> he's openly said that. Um, and he's very intelligent. He's a good man manager. Comes across really, really well. He he's, he he ticks every box for me, in my opinion. He really does. So. That's who I want. Uh, a lot of people are saying online, saying, no, I don't want Frank Lampard, blah, 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 because I just I just think it's just, they're just going by of what happened um, probably towards the end of last season and what happened to Everton, but they're not actually properly analysing it. They're just going by, oh, he got sacked from um, two jobs. Oh, yeah, so he must be bad. Not at all. Not not at all far from it. So, yeah, that, that's what I want. And one thing I don't think it really does annoy me in Twitter when I see all these people plucking out all these names, like all, like all these unknown names from like Turkey and all that. And you're like, nobody, I, nobody had heard of them like yesterday until like yesterday. It's like they're digging up all these names. I'm like, no, nah, like, can, no, like it just, that just irritates me. But for me, Frank Lampard, that's what I want. It, make, it just makes perfect sense in my opinion, Chris. Um, and it, it, I know a lot of fans are, not a fan of it just now, but once you see Frank Lampard in a, in a Rangers suit, turn up to Ibrox, their opinions have changed a bit. Well, we've got a superstar here. Frank Lampard is box office. He's a box office name in football and commercially as well. I know the Rangers board are all about marketing and, the, and looking at the commercial side of things. Frank Lampard would be great for that as well. So, yeah, like Lampard and Gerard, two leaders, but very different kind of leaders. They're like They've both got a big presence and aura about them. Um, but yeah, like I think for Lampard though, if he was to come up here, he he'll know this job would be make a break for him. He has to smash it, or else he probably won't get another job again. So, and if he does well up here and he does fantastically well, wins Rangers a league, he'll get a gig in the Premier League again, a hundred and ten percent. 
So, yeah, that's who I want, Lampard. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they are available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.